So the big question is this, how do value-obsessed leaders ascend their business and life to world-class levels of effectiveness, even if they're inside a bureaucracy or starting from scratch with absolutely no capital? That is the question, and this podcast is going to bring you the answer. My name is Doug Utberg, and this is the Terminal Value Podcast. Welcome to the Terminal Value Podcast. We have Dr. Amanda with us today, and we're going to be talking about overcoming your mindset BS. And uh, Dr. Amanda's company is called NFA Money. That uh, NFA stands for no effing around. Uh, it's, a, it's a family-focused podcast, so you know we're gonna we'll keep <laughs> we'll keep it PG here. But one of the things that we were talking about in the pre-show is how a lot of entrepreneurs and just leaders in general carry around a lot of baggage inside their minds that can really hold them back. And so what she does is helps them to, uh, you know, really help them to overcome that. And so Amanda, please uh, introduce yourself and uh, let's go ahead and get the conversation going. Yeah, let's do it. Thanks for having me on, Doug. Um, yeah, my name is Dr. Amanda and I'm known as the money healer because I help people get rid of all that mindset BS so that they can break through to whatever level of income that they choose to break through in their business uh-huh. and feel really good about it. Yeah, Gotcha. Okay. Well, and so you know, in your experience, what are some of the most common things that people need to overcome? Because, you know, I, I of course have my own opinions, but I don't want to bias your, uh, <laughs> bias what you're about to say. <laughs> yeah. You know, and in terms of money, it's things that people don't usually know is the problem, yeah. uh-huh. you know, and the way this shows up, I'd say for most high drive entrepreneurs who really care about what they're doing in the world is that they have this money belief that they've got to work hard to make money. Uh-huh. And so they burn themselves out. They do a lot. They usually overgive. Often they undercharge and over deliver yeah. and they just put too much on their plates. And a lot of this comes from this place of imposter syndrome and proving and thinking that they need to do it all. And so these are all tied Uh into money beliefs that we get stuck with. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Well, and so it's like, I think, you know, I actually just recorded a solo episode, not precisely related to this, but somewhat what I refer to as the infinite compounding policy and fin- or fallacy and financial planning BS. Uh. Um, the, the reason being, we'll just do a quick math experiment. I, I'm going to need everybody to trust me here on the numbers. But uh, so, if, okay, if you take one penny, that is, you know, one cent, and you compound it at 3% per year for 2019 years, that is up to the year 2019. So in other words, you know, when the Roman calendar was put into put into place in zero AD, or as uh, as those of Judeo Christian faith believe when Jesus Christ was born, take one penny and start compounding it, then the amount that you get to is I recall correctly, roughly 280 sextillion dollars. Yeah, which I was gonna is, say it's a lot more than people would which think. Which is two point three <laughs> trillion times the total amount of wealth in the entire world. So what that means is that the clock has been reset a lot of times, and yeah. the clock is going to get reset again in the future. And every financial planning model that's in place right now is based on the idea that the clock will never be reset, and that's nonsense. And here's how I think that ties into what you're talking about: is that a lot of us, you know, I say us because I was under the same type of thing, have a real fear mindset about money thinking, oh my goodness, you know, if I lose money, that's terrible. Or, you know, I, I need to accumulate a whole bunch or I need to do X, Y, and Z. And so, but the thing is that, you know, the rules around money are going to be changed. You know, the clock is going to get reset. So what matters actually is not how many commas are in your account mm-hmm. as much as your ability to adapt 
start over if you have to, and generate and either you know, invest or start businesses and or in, invest in assets that produce, I would call inflation protected income. So for example, things like rents and corporate profits tend to track with inflation. If, if you get something like Bitcoin, it goes up by 10,000% and then it'll say drop by 60%. And, you know, of course, you know, if you, if you bought it on day one and it went up 10,000%, awesome. But if you happen to buy it at the top, you're in bad shape right now. At least in my view, where a lot of this kind of cross connects in is the idea that, uh, you know, a lot of us have to carry a real scarcity mindset about money that A holds us back and then B is also is based on a, I would say a financial accumulation model that is not proven out by history. That is an anomaly of the past hundred and something years. <laughs> so many interesting things you said. I think the interesting thing, most interesting thing is, is that you're talking about wealth consciousness. You're not yes. talking about money in and of itself, because what you're saying is when you build wealth consciousness, you're going to be able to make it under any conditions, no matter right. what the exchange of value is at that time, right? So money right. is just an agreed upon exchange of value. And the way we have it in currency versus, you know, cows versus digital yes. currency, that's, you know, that's going to change dramatically over time. We probably can't even imagine what it's going to look yeah. like 500 years from now. <laughs> yeah, well, well, exactly. You know, and so like, and for example, you knew that no matter where you're at, if you could lose absolutely everything and you knew for a certifiable fact, basically that you would be, have your net worth built up to multiple seven figures within three years, how much risk would you be willing to take? Yeah, yeah. Quite a bit. Quite yeah. a bit. Um, you know, yeah. On the other hand, if you were terrified that the moment you lost anything, that you'd never be able to recoup it, how much risk would you be, be willing to take? Almost none. And so I think that right, that right there is an extremely important mental construct. Yeah, absolutely. It's that idea. I love to teach well, uh, money confidence because mm -hmm. confidence is to know, love, and trust yourself. So you go, oh, no matter what, under any conditions, I can figure out how to make more money. And yeah. you know that's something I haven't always had. I was on food stamps and I yeah. felt completely victimized and scarcity mindset and really stuck and didn't know what I was doing. And you know, over time, I learned like, oh, building your wealth is just a skill set yes. and anyone can yeah. do it. You know, and that was a huge liberating point for me because I always thought people were born that way or it was gifted to them or, you know, somehow they just had this magical knowledge that I didn't have. And when I started to learn about money making and investment strategies and just different things that helped me mm -hmm. accumulate wealth, building a business that's scalable, I started yeah. to see the changes. And of course, that whole time I'm working on my mindset and exactly like you're saying, at any point in time, if I were to lose all of my money, sure, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be like yeah. jumping up and down happy about it yet. Uh -huh. I would go like, ah, I'm good. I already yeah. know how to rebuild a business fast. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, and, you know, and, and also, because uh, one of the things that when you were talking that it kind of an idea that keyed in is, you know, there's an old metaphor that you say shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves in three generations. And so the way that uh, generational wealth, uh, traditionally works is you'll have one generation that will work really, really, really hard and accumulate a bunch of wealth. The second generation will usually preserve it, live a decent but not ostentatious life and preserve the wealth. And usually the third generation blows it. And so they're, <laughs> you know, so basically their kids are essentially starting over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah. Which is wild to think about because the reason is because they haven't done the work for it. They don't know how to manage it. Well, you know, so uh when I think about wealth consciousness, or even if you just think about responsible money, a responsible, healthy money relationship is going to look like, you know, how to invest, spend, save budget, all the things, right. It's not just, Oh, I'm good at getting it in a trust fund of sorts and then spending it all. You know, it's why people who win the lottery don't keep it usually and end up worse off than they did than they were before they got the money. Correct. Correct. Yes. There's a lot of dynamics, uh, dynamics in play here because, you know, the, when I was younger, I used to think it was just because people made, made bad decisions. As I've gotten a little older, I've become more attuned to kind of people's subconscious self-fulfilling prophecies. And I think that there are a lot of people who subconsciously feel like they don't deserve it. And then just basically essentially find a way to blow it, not consciously, but I think that's the kind of thing that, that comes into play too, because I think in order to preserve and hold on to capital, you have to believe that you deserve to own capital, which sounds weird to say, but I think there's a lot of people who really believe that they don't deserve to, you know, to retain wealth. Yeah. There's a lot of beliefs that cause that. So I think of it, I, I came up with a term called competing commitments because I saw uh-huh. it in so many people, you know, exactly what we are talking about. Like we have a money set point and when we go past it, we often sabotage and it's unconscious. Yeah. Anyone here, if I asked them to raise their hand, if they want financial freedom, they would all a hundred percent of people would raise their hand, but why yeah. doesn't everyone have it? Right. Some people don't know how to earn it. Some people don't know how to keep it. Some people feel really freaked out about money. And if you mm-hmm. think about money, it brings up every emotion in us, guilt, shame, fear, jealousy, infatuation, greed, like all the things. Right. Yeah. And so it's one of those things that has a lot of charges. And so in competing commitments, what's happening is that your unconscious is battling your conscious and only 5% of us is conscious. So if you have 95% of you that's saying you're not good enough, you don't know what you're doing, you don't deserve it. Money causes stress. What if it runs out? You, that 95% of you is going to be battling against the 5% of you making the process really challenging. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've done a really good job of polishing the problem. So what <laughs> do we, okay. So now let's move on to what do we do about it? Okay. So let's say that we're listening, put ourselves in the shoes of a listener and say, we're listening and say, okay, all right, uh, Dr. Amanda, I get it. Now, what do I do? Yeah. First step that is absolutely critical is recognizing that you have an issue. <laughs> yeah. Most people don't even stop to think, oh, I don't have a healthy relationship with money. I don't have an empowered relationship with money. Most people just focus on the problem of money and they freak out about money and they keep running that story that they've had their whole life. And that's what they keep recreating. So the first step is always to recognize and acknowledge to yourself and go, oh, I actually don't know what I'm doing or, and just noticing those things. So I have a three-step NFA money formula and the first step is recognized. And it's because it's what all people do when they start to change. You can't change without the point of recognition. And so it's starting to ask yourself questions. How, how do I feel about money? Do I feel good about money? Do I feel scared? Am I pissed at my partner about it? And do I believe I can have a successful business? What happens when I start to gain money? Do I have patterns around money? Like you got to recognize these things. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, and you know, I think that you know, you know, really understanding a lot of those things is really critically important because one of the beliefs, at least that I have, I think a, a lot of the, the the pitfalls about money views that you're talking about. You know, I, I used to have those myself. I've actually come to view money instead of a goal. I really view money as just a as essentially fuel. And what I think is your energy. The thing that's most important to me is time. 
because mm -hmm. time is the one thing that you can't ever get any more of. Money comes, it goes, that's, it's what it is. But time is the one thing that you cannot ever manufacture any more of. You know, you, there is a certain amount that you have and you don't know how much that is, but you know that you're not getting any extra. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a very wealth consciousness perspective because mm -hmm. once you start to realize, I, it's fun to watch people who are financially free because they would never spend their time doing something they don't want to do. Right. Yes. Yeah. And it's exactly. right there. Really, evidence of that time is the most valuable commodity we have. I like to think if I, you know, if I were to deposit, I think it, I can't remember the exact number. It's around eighty six thousand dollars a day in your account. Uh -huh. And I said, yeah. the only rule is you got to spend every penny of it. Every you got to invest every part of it in order to get more the next day. You yeah. would spend it. You would invest it. You'd figure it out. Right. That's time. It's the amount of yeah. seconds we have in a day. I can't remember. It's like eighty six thousand three hundred thirty four uh -huh. yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like that's our time and we don't get it back. You yeah. know, so how do you use your time is really, really, really powerful. That's a challenging place to think, a challenging way to think when you're in survival mode, right? Sure. Like yes. when I was on food stamps, freaking out, you know, crying on the floor, trying to feed my three kids. Yeah. I wasn't thinking that way. I wasn't, you know, I was thinking like, I'm terrified and I don't know how to survive, you know? Yeah, so this exactly. is where it gets easier as you start to shift. And most people think, well, well, you know, once if I had a six or seven figure business, I'd be happy too. Well, that didn't come from a gift falling in my lap. I created yeah. it. <laughs> you know, so so I chose to start doing exactly what I teach people, which is you got to recognize, reframe, and repeat to reprogram your mindset. And yeah. it sounds so simple. Uh -huh. Most people aren't willing to even do step one. You know, they just yeah. go like, oh, it's your fault that I'm not wealthy. It's the, it's, you know, it's my boss's fault. It's my partner's yeah. fault. It's, it's my parents' fault. Yeah. And they want to blame everything around them. And in that you have, you yeah. have no power to do anything yeah. when you blame I'm, other people. I was going to make a little bit of a bad joke. I'm like, okay, yeah, if you lean to the right, you say it's the government's fault. If you lean to the left, you say it's the corporation's fault. It, <laughs> right. There you go. And that's the thing. It could be exact. It could be whatever political party is against yeah. me. It's that their fault. It's COVID's fault. It's, I mean, we could go down the list of all the excuses. I'm too old. I'm too fat. I'm too this. I don't, you know, yep. whatever it is. Exactly. And until you decide, you know, NFA is really about radical responsibility where you go, I'm the creator of my reality. And I always tell people your outer world is an expression of your inner world. So if you don't like what's going on on the outside, you got to change what's within because it's just going to reflect. And yeah. this is why I love doing money work because it's such a powerful, tangible outer reality, the way that people feel about it, yeah. the amount they have, that shows me a lot of their unconscious beliefs really quickly. Gotcha. That's awesome. All right. Well, so I think we, we've gone through recognize pretty well. I think, you know, we're starting to figure out into, let's see, the second step, um, remind me on the second step. Reframe. Again, you got to reframe. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I think we've, we started getting into reframe. So uh, kind of you know, take us the next step down the road. Yeah. So reframe is where once you recognize, then you can reframe and redirect yourself. Yeah. So it's a mindset switch strategy. And because everything is created from your thoughts, you've got to change your thoughts to change your reality. And so yeah. it's reframing your energy, your mindset, your feelings, your decisions, your actions, right? You're reframing, reframing, reframing. And so once you recognize, let's say you recognize, okay, I'm really tired of being stuck, not having the amount of money that I want to have. Yeah. Okay. So the reframe goes, the problem there is that what you're hyper-focusing on is your scarcity and the problem and yeah. the fear. So you want to reframe this to, okay, what do I want and how am I going to start training my brain in the direction of focusing on what I do want instead of the problems that I have that I don't want. Yeah. 
because what most people do is spend all their energy focusing on, you know, let's say it's debt. And uh-huh. they go, well, I say I want a six-figure business, but what they're really doing is freaking out about how to pay their bills. Uh-huh. And so most of them is focusing on how to pay their bills. So you've got to consciously decide to start reframing. And every time you notice yourself in a place of doubt, fear, uncertainty, with that habitual thought, you got to reframe mm-hmm. it. And then you repeat, 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 because what repetition does is reprograms your subconscious mind and you start attracting new things. The reason this works is because we are two things. We are wired by a negativity bias. So it's automatic for us to be worried and freaked out and in survival mode, no matter how much money you have. I mean, I know I work with mega millionaires who worry about money because they think it might go away and, you know, there's scarcity there and it's a survival mode fear that's wired into us. So you actually have to train your brain in the direction of positivity. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, there's a really good people. What what reason why people are wired with a negativity bias. And that's because, you know, thousands to millions of years ago, when people were roaming around Africa, if you heard a rustle in the bushes, the people who were chill got eaten by tigers. (laughs) And so they all exited the gene pool. You know, the the, the people who were high strung and anal retentive about it and got the heck out of there, they were the ones who collectively survived. And so over multiple generations, what's ended up happening is there is a high strung fear bias that has pervaded people's subconscious minds. Exactly. So, you know, as you're saying, if you were going to get your first response to not be negative, you have to train that. It won't happen naturally. And if you don't continue training it, you will revert back to a negativity bias. Yeah. And what's really cool about it is that because we now know with neuroplasticity, you can rewire your brain. So example for me is, you know, like now when money challenges come up for me, I don't, the first thought isn't fear freak out. It's like, huh, cool. I wonder what's going to happen next because I always trust I'll I'll figure it out. And so what I've done, think of your brain as like a sled hill. The more and more you go down it, the deeper and deeper the grooves get, and it becomes your first automatic response. So if that's trained toward negativity, which you keep doing by reprogramming every single day with your negative thoughts about money, that's the direction it goes. If you retrain it in the direction of like going, okay, I'm focusing on this. And I'm focusing, and I'll give you a really practical example. Mm-hmm. It'd be like, okay, let's say your business is changing and you're you're losing clients and customers, and that's what you're focusing on. You got to go, okay, I'm freaking out. I notice it. The reframe is, what am I going to focus on? Okay, I'm looking for 12 awesome people to come into yeah. my community. And you start focusing on that all day, every day. You start taking action in that direction. You start focusing yeah. on that. And then oh, doors of opportunity open, and you just constantly keep retraining your brain toward yeah. focusing on solution, solution orientation the direction that you choose to go. And so you're making a new neural pathway in your brain. And then what you're doing also, I love teaching law of attraction and like scientific version of manifestation and law of attraction. What you're doing is training your RAS to scan for opportunities and you're magnetically attracting opportunities your way because your vibrational frequency is different than in when it's in worry mode. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I have to admit, I'm still a little bit of a novice at law of attraction. Of course, you know, I know what I've read from Napoleon Hill, but uh, I know it's not hold this crystal and everything's going to be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, if that does it for you and you like makes you high vibe, go for it. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, well, Dr. Amanda, I really appreciate your time. Give us your last one or two thoughts and then uh, then let everybody know where your website is so they can go go out and find more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll leave you with this thought. I actually just made a fun YouTube video that's coming out next week, but there's a quote. One of my favorite mentors is John Demartini. And he says, money flows where certainty grows. 
I love that quote because here's the thing, everyone, you got to be certain when you're certain you're aligned, you're clear, you're decisive, and you send a signal to the universe to bring you opportunities because it's like when you get in your car and you plug into Google maps, you put in 15 places because you're not certain and you're confused. It doesn't know where to send you. It's like, wait, do you want to go here? You want to go here? I'm not sure what to do. You got to be certain, get certain about what it is that you choose, take action in that direction, and then trust the universe to bring you opportunities. That's my manifestation formula. And it's simple and easy to follow. There's lots of places we get stuck, of course, but know that you are the creator of your reality. And then it's your choice every single day to wake up and get more and more conscious choose consciousness, choose awareness about yourself, choose to become a master of yourself. You know, most people aren't going to do this. Most yeah. people will listen to us, get a little inspired and then go on feeling worried about their day. The people who are serious will download my NFA money formula and they'll keep listening and they'll implement, right? Yeah. You got to implement what you're learning so that you can increase your certainty. Then you get validation from the universe around you. And then you tell your brain like, oh my God, this works. And then it starts this ripple effect and it just expands and expands and expands and expands. And I know because I was on food stamps and built a six figure business fast. I'm growing my income to seven figures and I help lots of people do those things through all the strategies I teach. Mm-hmm. And it's just basic universal principles. Got it. Outstanding. Outstanding. All right. Well, uh, okay. So your NFA money, where can we go to, to get that? Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and they shout go it out. to nfamoneyformula.com. So right. nfamoneyformula.com, it gives them a video, a cheat sheet. They start following this method. It will work well. And of course that's going to lead them to other things that I have. Uh, we release videos every week on YouTube. So uh-huh. NFA money, Instagram, NFA money, website, NFA money. So all the good things are NFA Catching money. theme here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Dr. Amanda, really appreciate your time today. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. It was fun to talk to you. All right. Like, likewise. Thank you for listening to the Terminal Value Podcast. Please feel free to visit me online at www.terminalvalue.biz where you can subscribe, find me on social, and then we can connect and just keep the conversation going. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you and I hope you have a wonderful day. All rights reserved. No part of this broadcast may be produced in any form by any means without written permission from Business of Life, LLC. All trademarks and brands referred to herein are the property of their respective owners.